from Learfield. On the Gopher Sports Network, from Joe Sensor Sports Theater. Welcome to Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck. Brought to you by St. Jude Medical Foundation. Empowering communities through local partnerships. Welcome to Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck. Here's the voice of the Gophers, Mike Grimm. And welcome to the show. We are at Sensors in Roseville. I'm Mike Grimm along with Mark Rosen from Channel 4 and the head coach, P.J. Fleck, is with us. We'll talk Golden Gopher football, as you would guess, on a show called Gopher Football Weekly. Minnesota, it is homecoming week here on this Tuesday. The parade comes on Friday. The game against the Fighting Illini comes on Saturday. It's a 2.30 kick, and we take air at 1.30. Coach, good to see you. Great to see you, too. How did the uh, guys respond from a uh, really good fourth quarter? It was a little bit of a uh, sputtering early, and then uh, you guys found some uh, some high octane there in the fourth to make a game of it. And uh, how'd you like how they came back from that game? Well, I love how they responded. I didn't like how we necessarily started. You know, we get the ball on a, a tremendous play on special teams by Eric Carter, and and um, you know we get the ball inside the five, and, and we fumble the snap, which all of a sudden now it's first and goal from the four, and um, you know you have plenty of plays for that. And all of a sudden, you're first and goal from the nine and ten now, and now or second and goal, and now you're forced to throw the football a few times. So, um, you know that was a little bit, uh, a little tough. And then the next series, we fumble again in terms of a handoff that we're not supposed to give on that. And then uh, we had a few others. We drop a snap and went from second and five to third and long. So, you know, we, the first half wasn't very good on offense. Defensively, I thought we did a nice job. And then we flipped it in the second half. Thought offensively played really well, but defensively played poor. So we got to put a really, we got to put a complete game together, which. Hopefully we do against the Illini. You've had more rain delays than the Twins, I think, this year. Right? We're ready. We're prepared. <laughs> I mean, uh, and believe it or not, and, and Mike Grimm and I were just talking before he we went on the air, this, this is may, maybe arguably the nicest week of the year coming up. And then you look at Saturday, there's a chance of rain. <laughs> so I'm thinking, but you have, you've talked about preparing for it, but how much of a factor, honestly, PJ, in the course of the game did the rain make an effect? Or it it doesn't that? affect you at all. I mean, it okay. makes the ball a little bit more slippery, but uh, but other than that, it, it didn't affect our play calling. I mean, we threw the ball probably more than we've thrown mm-hmm. the ball uh, all year. And so, uh, you know, it didn't affect our play calling. We're going to stick to our game plan and let our players play, unless it's conditions where you, you're not able to do that. Those were fine conditions to be able to throw the football, we felt. Uh, and I thought our coaches did a nice job of the game plan, and I was really excited about it. We just didn't execute at a high level and ran out of time. From a uh, from that, in terms of preparing for weather, um, if it's raining at practice time during the week, do you usually leave the team out and let them practice in the rain? It, yeah, obviously, yeah. there's not lightning and what have you, just in case a situation like that comes up. Yeah, what we do is we always look at Saturday's forecast and whatever that is, we'll, we'll control the situation accordingly. So let's say it's supposed to be really nice on a game day, but it rains throughout the week. We'll go inside, right, because we know we're going to get good weather, so why would we practice in the rain and, and, build, and not build their confidence as they continue to go? If we're going to get bad weather, right, and it's nice outside, we create – uh, adversity. We create, you know. You just we, get a cloud. You, you create that. Yeah, we just do. We just call Mother Nature over and just say, "Please rain over us." No, we we, we dip all the footballs in water and and um, you know it, we'll do that as it gets colder too. We'll dip them in water and then freeze them overnight. Use frozen footballs as the temperature continues to go down. So uh, we're always looking ahead of how we can create the exact situation and simulate the situation that they're going to get on game day. I want to start kind of at the finish line before we back up again. Um, I'm, I'm always wondering. I think a lot of fans do. And you practice this all the time. How many versions of an onside kick do you have, do you employ, and depending on the, the situation, what you ultimately end up going with? Yeah, we have a few. Um, I, I think a lot of teams always have a few, whether it's a, it's a short bunt or whether it's a normal onside, whether it's a sky kick, whether it's reversed to the other side. 
Um, there's all types of different ones you can do, surprise, all those. So uh, we showed what we basically do every, you know, what, what our bread and butter is. I mean, that's what we want to be able to do. I thought the second onside kick was yeah. perfect, you know, and, um, Got it up you know, we're a half a second away from getting that back. And, um, you know, it's just uh, the first one was a little too up to the field. So, you know, we just have to be able to make those adjustments and execute them. But I thought our kids continue to fight. They had incredible effort uh, with all the adversity they've been, uh, they've been dealt with to deal with every single week. I thought they came out and fought really hard. I'm really proud of the efforts. From from a practice standpoint, because you are limited in terms of what you uh, the amount of hours you can practice. And two, I know you like to make it a quick practice because there becomes a point of diminishing returns if you go too long. So how much time would you say in a given week work on onside kicks? Let's say for example. Yeah, we only work on those really on Thursday and Friday. We put those towards the end of the week. Um, so those are the only times we really work on those. But we do it all the time in training camp where it's yeah. just it's like baseball. You know, you're not able to hit everything, every situation of course, yeah. as, as thoroughly as you are in training camp with all the time that you have. So in season, you kind of have to split it up. So you have to go back to, you know, all your fundamentals and details of those things from training camp. Well, the success that Michigan State was having running the football uh, as a result, not just having, uh, obviously, they're very good at it, uh, not just your, your front seven, but also I mean, the, safe, the safeties and your defensive backs, not just having the experience and understanding that there are lanes they have to be in and missed opportunities there. Yeah, you got to kind of pick your poison a little bit as you kind of put our game plans together right now because of the lack of depth we have and a lot of young players were playing. And, um, you know, they attacked us on the perimeter. Where's our weak part right now on our defense? I mean, the weakest, I should say, right now in terms of depth and numbers is the perimeter. And there's a lot of young people playing, and they did a lot of perimeter running, and we'd adapt that. Then they go back into a soft middle, and and so again, we've uh, it, it was kind of a cat mouse game for a while, but we weren't able to stop the outside toss and, and, and counter, and and uh, but we've addressed a lot of those things this week, and um, we're gonna, we're gonna let it rip. I know that. There was a little bit of bend, but don't break to some of the defense. And I know uh, as, as a team moves a ball down the field, you want to stiffen up. And you did force four field goal attempts. I mean, there. I mean, I know that might be grasping, but I know there's also positives to look at that. When you can force a field goal, and uh, he missed one of them. Uh, I mean, that's obviously better than, than giving up the six. Well, yeah. Anytime you put, play a top twenty team, I mean, you you can't make a lot of mistakes. And you know, we won the turnover battle, which was good. It put us in the position to be where we were. Right? When you win the turnover battle, it doesn't guarantee you to win, but it gives you the best opportunity to win, and it gives you the most chances to win. Right, So we put ourselves at a plus one turnover margin, which we're right in the game, 30 to 27. So uh, we did everything we could. We just got to get over that hump and finish a game, uh, whether it's offense or defense. Um, but again, we weren't able to do that. The narrative that uh, certainly uh, developed as the game went on was the decision to go from Connor Rhoda to Demry Croft, and he finished the game, finished strongly with three touchdown passes to Tyler Johnson. Um, in the context, I know you're probably not going to tell us who your starting quarterback is going to be this Saturday, correct? Or are you? Yeah, I'm not going to talk any depth chart or or, okay. or, or subs or injuries the rest of the year, I promise. I'm not talking about <laughs> okay. any of those but things in, anymore. In the context of, of getting Demry back, and I know this is an important aspect of beyond football to you, and whether it's Demry or any other player on this football team, how did that process work in, in your mind with Demry? Because from his quotes, it certainly seemed like he got the message. Well, that's what you hope you do. Remember, I'm an educator and a teacher. Uh, one day I won't win enough games and people will fire me, whether that's five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. Rarely do coaches go out on their own, right? There's coaches getting fired for nine wins, 10 wins uh, all over the country, right? And so for me, I'm going to teach these young men to do the right thing. And I said this even in the spring and, and in my press conference, we're going to do the right things. And if we don't do the right things, you're not going to play. Now, you can either say that as a head coach and do it and, and manipulate situations, or you can hold everybody on your team accountable. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and as we go through the years, I'm going to continue to do that. If you don't do the right things, it does not matter who you are. 
you are going to pay a price and you're going to learn life lessons because the worst thing you can do is enable people to continue to do the wrong things and protect them. I'm here to support our players and be there for them and protect them every way I possibly can from every instance I can, except holding them accountable, right, for the decisions and choices they make. I, you can't, you can definitely choose whether you make the decision or not, but you can't choose the consequence, right? And that's a job of a head football coach. And uh, like I told you before, that, that's what we're continuing to do. Did we have a better chance of winning with Demery in the last few games? Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. But the, what, the, what, what, the, what was presented to us was you don't do the right things, you're not going to play, and I'm going to, with everybody on our team, and I'm going to continue to uphold that. But they learned their lesson. I hope they learned their lesson. And it's a message that goes throughout the entire team. You can learn the hard way by screwing up yourself, or you can learn the easy way by watching somebody else screw up and thank goodness it wasn't you. There's 18, 19-year-old kids all through the University of Minnesota who obviously make social mistakes when right. they go to school. You know that better than anyone, I mean, in terms of the context of what happens. So is it different when you're a part of a football team than you are as a, as a student because of the fact that you're not their parent, but in this context you are because you are deciding a lot of, of what their future is going to be on, on the football field. And, and you know what I mean? I, it, I, how does that work uh, when you're not the parent at the same time you're the one who's administering the culture that you, they need to adapt to? Well, we feel we are the parents. You know, that's one thing that I always do. I always think I'm the dad of the family. Our coaches are the uncles, right? And when people give your, your son to us. Now, this team didn't pick me to be their dad and didn't pick our coaches to be their uncles. This is all inherited. This is like going into a, a marriage that you didn't pick. Right. But now this is your stepdad and here we go. Right. Um, but the one thing I'll say is, is that we're going to the choices these players make. You have to, as a head coach, determine how big of a decision is this, how it will affect everybody else. And we always say if you can't do it in front of your mom or dad. Right. And you can't do it and in front of the media, then you shouldn't probably do it because. It's going to be in the front page of the paper. It's going to be the first thing on ESPN. It's going to be the first thing on SportsCenter. Uh, and the, a normal student doesn't have that. We are not only representing ourselves with the last name on your back, you're representing the University of Minnesota, every person who's ever gone to school, who are, school here over the last 120-some years. You're representing our entire state. You're representing our administration. You're representing everybody. And that is a ton of responsibility for a 17- to 22-year-old young man. And they have to learn to well, be able to do those right things and hold themselves accountable. And there's no question. I can tell you from being in the media as long as I have. I mean, if, if there's a drama student that, that got picked up for something in, within the law, it would never make the newscast. No, never. Ever. But a football player, an athlete, whether he's a first stringer or happens to be on the team, I guarantee it will be in the newscast that night. Yeah. I think that's the message you're probably getting. And, and this isn't like, okay, you know, he walked through the wrong door, he's suspended. This isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about major things that right, I have to be able to teach for the right for the, for the rest of their life that if I don't step in and do something, this is going to become a habit, then it's going to become an instinct, and then the person's going down the wrong path. My job is to get them back on the right path. There's little things that, yeah, there's little disciplines, there's meetings with the head coach, there's things you have to run for, there's things you have to be disciplined for here and there. Uh, to be able to get suspended and do, you have to be able to, you're doing significant things that I've got to make sure I get you back on the right path, that I have one shot to teach you that lesson for the rest of your life, that you'll be able to either become the dad you want, the father you want, right, the husband you want, or it could alter that. And I'm not going to be the one responsible to say, you know, I was a crappy dad and a crappy husband because that head coach didn't teach me the right things. I refuse for that because that's something I could never live with. I can live with a, lose, a loss. You know, someday we're going to forget all of our wins and losses. But I can't, 
live with and sleep with in my mind losing a kid in life I, I can't live with that hmm. sports is a metaphor you oftentimes hear that and in, in one sense uh, you talk about uh, that failing is growth like a quarterback's gonna throw an interception you're not gonna bench him necessarily for that is what you're talking about too kind of like that that hey okay uh, whoever it is whatever player gets suspended uh, there's a failure you learn from that and then grow from that a little bit in real life uh, that doesn't result or it isn't a result of maybe on the field uh, activity yeah there's different stages of course in terms of discipline and right. what the choice was and what the uh, obviously what the student-athlete did but again you know Demery's back Okay, Demery's back on this team, okay? So it was a leave of absence to get things right, get him the help he needed in all areas of his life to make sure he knows, I love you. This is important to me. And if, if I think, right, your life is more important to me than you do, we have a problem, and we got to get this thing figured out, yeah. right? And so I have, as an educator, it's my job to show them where they can all be and where they can go instead of where they are right now. You know, that's where they're living. They're living in the now. But I, I have to be the one showing them where I think they can go. And that's very tough for a young person because they don't see that. They don't see why. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Because I see where you can really go. So, uh, again, I'm about second chances. I'm about third chances. But, again, you got to show me when you fail, you want to grow. Mm -hmm. And if you give up on yourself, there's no way I can continue to believe in you. All right, let's take a break. Uh, good stuff there. Go for Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck from... Welcome back. It's Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck. We're with you every Tuesday noon to 1 here on the Gopher Radio Network. And Gopher fans, remember, you can tweet your questions and comments for Coach Fleck on the Subway Fresh Take hotline. Just hashtag Gopher Radio. Subway Eat Fresh. We'll get to some comments and questions coming up in the second half of the show. Um, so you're not going to name or let us know publicly who your starting quarterback is, so let me try a different angle on it for you, all right? <laughs> Do you know right now, or are you guys still determining that I mean, obviously, you don't want to let the cat out of the bag so that, you know, Illinois has to do what they want to do. But do you guys have an idea? Yeah, or do getting, you not want to answer that either? No, no, no. I'm getting closer. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting closer. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Definitely getting closer. <laughs> Your wide receiver, Tyler Johnson, uh, everywhere you go, people are talking about this young man and uh, not just where he's at right now, but his potential. And we saw another, more than just a glimpse of his ability uh, to get open. And you look at it and you go, other guys can't do this right now, and he hasn't played that much football. He hasn't. And that's the odd thing. And uh, Mark, was it Mark Williams? Is that his name? Who's the kid that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Mark Williams. Mark, I mean, really, but he came out of nowhere. Well, he wasn't even here the first four months yeah, I was I, on the job. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know who he was. He? I never met him. <laughs> uh, and then we got to, and then, so he wasn't necessarily in spring ball at all. And then he got to training camp, and he didn't practice. Uh, throughout any training camp and then he didn't practice the first three weeks of the season and here he is our starter yeah so he's kind of where we're at but well, hey that's why i said i'm not talking it. depth chart anymore no yeah. i understand that but i mean it was it was fun to watch a kid just kind of perform at the level yeah, but he's gotten so much i will say this yeah. in a very short amount of time he's gotten so much better and that's a credit to matt simon our wide receiver coach who's doing a phenomenal job yeah. with our wide receivers i mean I mean, you talk about demetrius douglas was remember he was the starter right he right. was a true freshman he got hurt Philip Howard came in, redshirt freshman. He got hurt. 
Mark Williams is now the starter, redshirt freshman. So, again, we're, we're going through that, and that's one of those growing pains you're going through until we get the depth in here. And not just that, what Mark mentioned in terms of Tyler Johnson playing wide receiver, this is literally his second season ever. He was a quarterback and a defensive back and did some running back. Philip Howard was a high school quarterback. Mark Williams was a high school quarterback. All these guys are learning this position uh, basically in year two here, trying to figure it out, and so that's what Matt Simon's job is. And uh, there you can see the growth each week. I mean, Mark Williams had some separation on some plays the other night. I mean, if he was open for what looked like maybe from upstairs, it's easy for me to say, but what looked like could have been a touchdown if the yeah. throw was on target. Yeah, that was, we missed a touchdown there. I mean, that was uh, we got to be able to make that throw. I mean, uh, Mark Williams beat a guy by seven yards, and I tell you what, the route he ran, I mean, that was exceptional. It was exactly the way we want it to be run, technique, discipline, and uh, he's just got to keep getting better because these guys haven't been through a lot of adversity at their position. They haven't had a struggle at their position. Uh, we're going through things as a team, yes, but uh, struggling at your position, that, that, that comes from experience. Mm -hmm. That's how you build your scars and your leather skin as you keep getting better. You go back to your failing to grow, and they're in the process of failing. One of the biggest uh, uh, names in Gopher Sports lore is the Barber family here in Minnesota. Uh, are there any more left? Uh, Tom, you know, <laughs> Thomas Barber had 16 tackles. If there are, we're going to recruit them. <laughs> if they're making it sixth grade or fifth grade, if they're Marion, 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 the second, the third, go down the line here. But uh, what a legacy for that family. What a legacy. And I'm sure that, you know, when Thomas has his children, and I'm sure Minnesota will be recruiting Thomas. We're already offered his firstborn son, so uh, we make sure that that happens. And, uh, but we don't want that to happen that too soon. Uh, no. keep telling. We don't want to have the, no, no barbers out here too soon. So, uh, but, you know, he's a phenomenal player. He's getting better. He's learning how to make it his defense. That's another thing we're learning. We're learning how to be the leaders. But there's guys that haven't started before or played a ton of football that were demanding to become leaders, but they're not ready to do that, and they're starting to learn how to do that every single week. Uh, and that's very difficult to lead when you haven't had the experience or the production mm -hmm. over a long period of time to lead. John Celestine last week, he, of course, is a senior. He's been around the block. He may have a future in this game as a, as, you know, as a moneymaker, as a career down the road, it looks like. He commented on Thomas Barber. He was asked last week about it. I may be taking a little liberty of what I'm about to say here and what he said, but it, looked, it sounded like Thomas Barber is now starting to understand the, the, the work necessary to put in in regard to film study, and now they're studying film together. And, it, and I think he was trying to say, it wasn't that Thomas was lazy, nothing like that. He just didn't know. And he's learning now, oh, this is what we do. This is how it, This is how we win football games or play winning football and make winning plays. I think our entire team's understanding how to do that, right, how to do that at an elite level. And, um, you know, this is going to be a championship culture, right? And so sometimes we, we, again, this isn't comparing to anybody else. This is just our culture. We have a certain way of doing things. We demand a lot from our players. Uh, and when you demand a lot from somebody, that's very uncomfortable, and you push them in an area that becomes, you know, uncomfortableness has to become comfortable at some point. But you're you're driving through that uncomfortable stage right now of high, high expectations. And this is the first week seven we've ever been through, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the first second half of a season we've been through. Everything's the first. And so uh, they constantly keep changing their best, growing from their failing. And, and I'm proud of the progress we're making. Yeah, progress is the word because this is obviously from a win-loss standpoint, not the, the, the way you wanted to start the Big Ten season. But... Uh, are the players adopting to that thing? We're just focused on Illinois, but we still have a lot at stake here. If you look at the schedule and yeah. what's what's happening down the road here for this team to to uh, to make to have some of the at least that success in the scoreboard. Yeah, here's the one thing we talked about, right? At half or at the end of the game, I told them we're drawing a line in the sand. We're going to learn from all six games. So what we did, we came in on Monday or Sunday, and we talked about exactly what we learned from all six games. You know, we focused a little bit on the film with from me, but not much. 
uh, they did that with their position coaches. With me, it was about what did we learn as a team in the first six. So what did we learn from Buffalo? Well, we learned any team can beat us. If we don't play our best, anybody can beat us. We won, but we didn't deserve to win, in my opinion. Right? Mm. We, we got away with it. Okay? At Oregon State, we learned that emotion right, and focus can overcome everything. You've got to play the game with emotion. It's an emotional game. We went out to Oregon State against odds and beat a team by 34, 37 points, going all the way out west against all odds. We played great offensively, defensively, and special teams. And that was the most focused and energetic and emotional I've seen this football team yet. Then Middle Tennessee. Well, there's adversity, and trust comes into play. This is when some of the discipline started being handed out. Okay, well, uh, there's adversity, and when it comes, here it is. How will we handle that? If I can't trust you, I can't play you. So we learned about that in, within our organization. We go to Maryland. Well, if, if, if we get out-howed, what we called it, if we get outplayed, we're not going to beat many teams. Right? So our how makes us special. We have to play better, smarter, hungrier, faster than everybody else right, because of the lack of, uh, of experience and depth that we have. We go to Purdue. We learn how you finish games and how you don't finish games. You're either finishing people or you're getting finished. And we got finished. We finished with two minutes to go, but we got finished at the very end, right? So you learn how part of that felt and how being finished felt, right? And then it's about Michigan State. We learned in the last two minutes, if you believe, you can beat anybody. So you look at all these things these players have learned in the last six weeks, and we have been through like two seasons in six games, right? And so if we can take all those six things that we've learned and apply them, not waste them, not ignore them, apply them to the second half of the season, we can surprise a lot of people. Gophers and the fighting Illini, you take those, uh, those experiences and now take them into a homecoming game against... Uh, Illinois, they come in uh, struggling uh, themselves. They lost to Rutgers last week on their home field by double digits and lost by 20 in each of the first uh, handful of Big Ten games. So uh, they're playing 14 freshmen, or they've started 14 different freshmen. They're going through a few growing pains themselves. Uh, how do you get your team prepped for that, or do you? is it mostly just focus on the maroon and gold? It's on us. Uh, we have our own issues. You know, We have to focus on us. we got to focus on the problems we have. Uh, the, 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 you know, the, the challenges we have, the opportunities we have in front of us. It's about our football team. You know, my focus is us. We got a lot of young players playing. Nobody cares about that. You know, we got to get them out there and play at an exceptionally high level. And we got to get them to do it now. You know, and that's one of the challenges we have. We got incredible coaching staff who's working their tail ends off. I'm very proud of them. I'm proud of our effort of our players. And we'll get there. What are the things you look for beyond, uh, the stats, the rushing stats, the, how the, you know, your team is, I think, the third, uh, Fewest penalized team in the nation right now, which is something to hang your hat on because uh, the, the, you're not making those sorts of mental mistakes. Are those the things that stand out that you look for as the season progresses beyond just the obvious? Yeah, we're not beating ourselves because of discipline issues, right? We're beating ourselves because of execution issues, right? And as a head football coach, when I evaluate film, I look at is it schematic? Is it a personnel issue, right? Where does it fit? Or is it a coaching issue? If you put, fall into one of those three categories, we can fix it. If it's a personnel issue, we either got to get them better or replace them, right? Whether that's through recruiting or whether that's by somebody else on the team right now, right? If it's a schematic issue, well, then why is it a schematic issue? Is it too hard? Is it too complicated? Do we have to simplify it? Um, you know, is it better against this defense? Is it better against this offense? Um, are we asking them to do things they can do? Or is it a coaching issue, right? Are we not coaching it enough? Do we have to coach it better? Do we have to find a different way to get them to do it? If they're not doing it the 10th time we demand it, then we'd better demand it on 11th because obviously 10 times wasn't enough. And that was something when I was taught as a young coach. So 
as a head coach, that's how I evaluate every game. Where does it fall into those three areas, mm -hmm. and how can we fix it? Every single play. How much time do you put into those three things, figuring out, uh, you know, sometimes it just might be a physical thing. Some team, look, we were overmatched on that particular play. We, you know, we played it right, and they, they beat us because they might be better at that spot. And then how much do you say, okay, well, let's, let's change the, the position. Let's move this guy here. Let's change the play call in the future on this or, you know, any one of those three categories. Yeah, schematically we are who we are, and, and we're going to keep things simple, and we're going to make sure this team can do the things we ask them to do. Schematically, that's not the issue, right, um, in terms of as we get better, as we get more experience, you'll see uh, a, a, a dynamic different, yeah. group, different things happening. Um, but, again, I think it, it felt, falls into two categories right now, the personnel, right, as you lose the starters, mm -hmm. right, they're starters for a reason. And then you lose the twos. Well, the twos are the star twos for a reason. And then you kind of drop down, right? But you got to get them to play at a high level. Uh, and the coaching part, that's what we got to continue to coach better, coach more. Uh, and so that's where I think both of them, uh, where really the issues kind of fall into place right there. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue to preview the homecoming game coming up on Saturday. And uh, we'll get to your Twitter questions as well. Hashtag Gopher Radio. Stay with us. It's Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck from Learfield. From the holiday stand. Welcome back. It's Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck, Mike Grimm, and Mark Rosen, along with the head coach, P.J. Fleck, here on the Gopher Radio Network. Gopher fans, you can visit the University of Minnesota Bookstore and discover the area's largest selection of U of M and Golden Gopher apparel and novelties for fans of all ages. From the latest fashions to traditional favorites, the University of Minnesota Bookstore is your one-stop shop. Visit online at bookstores.umn.edu. I was actually in there yesterday, the one at the Union, and they've got all kinds of really cool roll-the-boat stuff, jackets, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, you name it, they've got it. So get in there and get your uh, gopher gear, that's for sure. Uh, let's uh, mention one more time, you can uh, tweet your questions. Uh, we'll get to those here in just a few minutes at uh, hashtag gopher radio. Uh, we also want to mention, we occasionally will get the plug in, we're at Sensors every week, come out and join us for lunch. Great food, great atmosphere, and uh, the greatest waitress in the world, Ashley's birthday today so happy birthday yes, to us uh, ashley she, happy yes. birthday to you yes. wherever you are she takes care best. of us here every week and we happy sure birthday does. ashley hi yeah, ashley there she is. all right pj has volunteered to sing no i'm just kidding he's not going to sing a happy birthday but we do wish you a happy birthday thank you um one thing I wanted to ask, uh, totally off subject from Gopher football, I, I know your wife is uh, from the Michigan area, and uh, you have obviously ties there now. Nine inches of rain in Kalamazoo, they had their game canceled at Western Michigan, they had a million gallons of water they had to drain from the football field there. First of all, everything okay? I mean, does it look uh, with, with her family and uh, where they live and everything there? Yeah, things, things are okay now. Yeah, they flooded the field and um, a lot of rain, heavy rain, so... Oof. Uh, they actually moved the game to Sunday, so um, you know that was uh, kind of odd. You know, yeah, we waited, odd we waited 44 minutes. They waited like 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Their field was underwater, so um, all the people there at Western Michigan did a tremendous job of uh, of getting all that water out of there. Yeah, wow, amazing. How much do you uh, uh, know? Lo you know, Lovey Smith. You met him. Uh, it's interesting that he's you know, gone through the ranks, been in the pros, obviously, back in college football. Always has an even-handed approach to. I'm sure what he's going through at Illinois right now, if you need someone to kind of guide the ship, I would think that Lovey Smith might be that guy. Yeah, you know, I've, I've met Lovey a bunch of times, played against him last year when we were at Western Michigan. Um, you know, he's just uh, 
one of those coaches that have accomplished so much in his life, and he's kind of gone through the whole gamut of, of uh, throughout his entire career. Very, very well respected in our coaching community. Um, you know, a guy that everybody can learn a lot from. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I grew up a Bears fan, so I got a chance to, to follow his career and, um, you know, been a Lovey fan for a long time. So uh, he's doing, I tell you what, there's a lot of freshmen on that field. I mean, we have a lot of similarities. We're going to look very similar to that even next year and uh, doing it the right way. And, um, you know, he needs to be uh, complimented on that. They're, they're a tough football team, and they're playing extremely hard right now, and they're playing a lot of young people. Yeah, and they uh, they have also been hit by the injury bug. I think they're running back now. The, the true freshman, one of the true freshmen that's playing, is out uh, for the game and maybe the year now, they think. Um, what kind of things do they do? What kind of offense do they run? What will you guys be up against, uh, let's say, on the defensive side of the football from their offense? From their offense, Jeff George Jr., uh, they've kind of gone with him. Um, you know, he's got a heck of an arm, just like his dad. You know, he's got <laughs> yeah. a heck of an arm. A rifleman. Uh, he does, and there's, uh, there's number four. There's a wide out smalling who's a tremendous player. Uh, he can really go up and get the football. He's a freshman. Uh, they got a very young uh, offensive line that that's continues to get better every single week, and you see the growth. But they'll spread you out. They'll run the football. They'll throw the ball down the field uh, defensively for them. A lot of young guys playing, uh, but they attack you now. Um, you know, they play Lovey's defense. You know, play some Tampa, too. They'll set, keep everything in front of them. Uh, but there's a lot of people playing, and they rotate a lot of people on defense. Oh, in terms of, um, again, the crowd support, we talked about that. There are the fans that stuck, it, stuck through thick and thin the other night with the rain and rain delay. It, it, let's hope we have a calm afternoon here uh, because I know it's important uh, for this team to continue, for you to continue to build that relationship as a football complex gets nearing its completion and all the sorts of things that I know you can't wait to have happen here. Patience has got to be the key right now. Yeah, patience is the key. You know, I've been through it before. You know, that's the one thing I can tell you is I've been through it before. And patience is not exactly my strong suit. I'm <laughs> um, not very good at that. But um, knowing that uh, we're going to have to be patient for a while, uh, that, that's one of those things in, in, that you have to be able to accept. And you have to constantly continue to look forward, focus on the now, but constantly keep the needle moving forward. And, and I think we've done a, a tremendous job of that. Can't wait for the uh, Athletes Village to open here in January and, and kind of uh, get a chance to be in there. I know you hope you don't have to go through these very often, but it's two weeks in a row on the weather delay, and I asked you last week what you did uh, during the delay for Purdue because the game was already underway. It was almost like a, a second halftime. What do you do when you get them all fired up? They're ready to go. Kickoff is about four minutes away, and they say, uh, nope, it's not. Uh, what did you guys, How did you guys handle it? Well, first of all, uh, we were able to know that the, the delay would come earlier, so we got in the locker room, knew the delay would come, and then I went back in there and fired them up before we took the field. So we had 30 <laughs> minutes there where uh, I didn't have to talk you know they could be by themselves i didn't have to, to rally the troops yet and bring them on the field do they um we were discussing this in the booth uh as during the delay so they're they're all geared up do they come back in do they leave the gear on or do they take it off and relax uh, when you know you got 30 or 40 minutes oh, they take it off they, uh, they take it take your shoulder pads off they're easy to put back on uh, some guys prefer keeping them on some take them off <laughs> it's amazing it, it is it is amazing yeah I, I didn't know how how you guys would handle it you, you know throw, i take my tie off them. do you really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah. right down just get, get relaxed i didn't know if you got the monopoly board out and started playing board games or, <laughs> no. or what you did in there no <laughs> As far as uh, feedback with fans, and uh, we use the word patience with you, it's, it's a little different situation, but uh, how much connection do you, do you keep up with the fan base, and whether it's emails or phone calls or just general conversations? We're here at Sensors, people about come up and give you ideas or talk to you. Do they get a sense of your optimism for the future for this football team? 
Well, if you don't get my sense of optimism, you haven't talked to me. You know, I mean, they haven't listened to me say anything. Uh, I'm very optimistic about where we're going and where we're headed. Um, you know, but like I told everybody at the beginning, this is a process. This is a completely different culture. This is not an extension of something else. This is not a carryover from years in the past. This is a complete start over. And that's what I said when I got hired. And that's what I was going to do. Not all of you are in the room. Not everybody knows that. Uh, but that's what I said. We're going to do it this way. And, uh, and with the adversity and the challenges we faced when we first got here, people forget about that at times. Um, but again, that, that's why I took the job. That's why I picked the job, because the job fit me. And uh, it fit what type of program and culture we have. Fans and, and, and supporters, they have the right to say whatever they want to me. I'm public property. I get that. I've gotten everybody's notes in my mailbox. I've gotten everybody's emails. I've gotten everybody's tweets. Um, I've heard everybody when I go out in public. I mean, there's a lot of people that are really nice. There's a lot of people that are incredibly mean. But that's just... Being a head coach, I've been through that before. Trust me, uh, I've, I've won 300% more games than I did my first year at Western Michigan. So uh, for me, that, that was a 1-11 season. That was even worse. So I understand the growing pains. I understand the new change. Uh, but again, six head coaches in 11 years, we want to bring the stability back here. And this different culture, this new culture, not to say it's the right one, it's just different. And there's a lot of growing pains that go along with it, especially with a a very inexperienced and, and not very deep team coming back. And once you get it in place, it's it's the key thing is to keep it in place. I mean, that, it's not a one-time shot where you're going to have a certain recruiting class that you're going to have four-star athletes coming in and you're going to have a, a maybe a rush for a big bowl game and then the next year, no, no, no. oh boy, boy, boy. This is cultural sustainability. You know, this is something that we're going to, that means a lot to, to me and, and what we're building for the future. Uh, we're doing it with high school student athletes. And we could easily do it with junior college, you know. I mean, at the time when we first got the job, there was going to be a lot of junior college transfers coming in here. We decided to say, nope, we're going to do it with high school kids. Uh, we're not going to put the Band-Aids over it anymore. We're going to completely do open-heart surgery in terms of our recruiting. And, and that sets you back one or two years, right, in the recruiting department and the depth department. But we're going to build this on high school student-athletes. We're going to build it the right way. We're going to build it up. And uh, not to say it's just our way. It's our right way. It's not the right way and a wrong way. Bill Snyder's made a living off of junior college transfers. There's just different ways to do it. Our way is our way. And that's the way I know, and that was the way I was hired to do. Uh, it was very clear when I got hired. This is the way we're going to do it. We could take many steps back to go many steps forward. But if you want this culture, this is what you're going to expect. Um, but again, we're, we're so close from being 6-0 and right now. You know, but we still have the same issues. We still have the same problems that we have to be able to fix, and we still have the same opportunities and challenges ahead of us. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Our remaining moments here on the Gopher Radio Network. Stay with us. It's Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck from Learfield. Welcome back. Our final segment here. It's Gopher Football Weekly with P.J. Fleck from Sensors in Roseville. We want to thank uh, Jared Wells, our on-site engineer, and Mike Tackett is our producer, as always, on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Mike Grimm, along with Mark Rosen from Channel 4, and it's uh, Minnesota and Illinois coming up a uh, 2.30 kick on Saturday. We take air here on the network at 1.30. It's a 12.30 pregame show on our flagship here in the Twin Cities, 100.3 FM. Uh, you've been uh, nicked up in the secondary, obviously, uh, through injuries, uh, some 
some season ending, some kind of nagging. Uh, some guys had uh, had to miss time because of disciplinary issues. You move Kunle Allende. He had never played cornerback before. Not quarterback, but cornerback before. And uh, he got his first career start there. He's played a lot of safety. Uh, looked to me like he actually acquitted himself pretty well playing uh, what was, uh, for him at least, a new spot in the defensive backfield. He did. You know, one of the things you got to continue to get better at is being more physical out there, especially in the run game. But I thought Kunle, for never playing corner, we moved him to corner and uh, I thought he did a tremendous job. It was better than the alternative, taking a wide receiver, moving to corner. So we put him down there. Uh, and I thought he held his own. And you're trying to still keep red shirts on, guys. And I know Coney, you know, he just, you, you can't uh, send a wounded soldier, so to speak, out, right, to, to, to fight a war. Yeah, you're right about that. You don't want to do that. So, um, But I'm proud of their efforts. I'm proud of the guys in there. They continue to fight. They continue to keep their oar in their water. And, and they're getting better. And that's the one thing. They're getting better. And I'm proud of them for that. What do you want to see uh, Saturday afternoon uh, from this football team that you haven't seen maybe the last couple of weeks? I just want to be able to, I want to see a response. You know, I want to see the, the response to that last 10 minutes of, of, of the game because you're only as good as your last game. So I want to see how, how exactly what we do on offense, how do we respond, how we respond on defense, and uh, the challenges that continue to present themselves, how other people take advantage of their opportunities. Um, there's a lot of other things that, that are outside our, our, our control right now that are happening, but what we can control is how hard we play. And and and, uh, and how we execute. What momentum can you take from that fourth quarter, where uh, all of a sudden you went from okay, it's thirty to thirteen. Oh, boom, it's thirty to twenty. Okay, it's thirty twenty-seven. Here you go. Uh, you get an onside kick, and you're playing for a tie or a win potentially. Um, Twenty-one point fourth quarter. Can, can do you believe that momentum can carry from a quarter to the start of the next game a week later? I don't. I'll be honest with you. I really don't believe okay. that. I, I don't want to rely on, on momentum to win football games. But I do. will say this. It's either somebody's playing really good or somebody's playing really bad. Uh, and you're either taking advantage of your opportunities and executing or you're not. It's like runs in basketball. Mm -hmm. right? If you sit there and say, don't worry, our momentum will come. I mean, it'll either come or it won't based on how you play. Right. You're either playing really good defense, really good offense. But, um, you know, that's, that's my own firm belief. We've got to play better consistently throughout the entire game and not wait for something to say, okay, well, here comes our shot. We just got to do it from the start. Well, the coaches you can't always see, can't always run the uh, two-minute drill from the beginning of the football game, um, you know, which often happens at the end of a football game where you have no choice. You're trying to conserve a timeout or two, but it's kind of helter skelter with control. I mean, you, you got to, you can't start the game that way, or can you? Uh, you can do whatever you want, right? You can make <laughs> well, that choice. Can, whatever guess, the strength but... of our football team is, is going to be how we continue to go through our, our tenure here. However, every team is different. This team's way different than it was last year. Next year's team will be way different than it is this year. There is no two years that are exactly the same in terms of, yep, this team did this last year or two years ago. This That team isn't this team. Right. Next year's team won't be this team. Every year it presents its own new challenges. I have a feeling you probably have like a 30-year playbook that you've actually uh, – the rest of it's kind of in mothballs right now. Or am I missing something? <laughs> yeah, we're just kind of holding on to those things. No, we're, we're real, I mean, whatever our team can do, we'll always do. Three years down the road, whatever that team can do, that particular team does really well, we'll highlight those strengths. As you, uh, if momentum doesn't carry forward, can you, even though it was not the outcome you wanted, can guys come out of that with confidence, a, a better level of, okay, we can play with the 20th ranked team in the country and outscore them by what they did in the fourth quarter and, and maybe react to that as the week moves forward into a game. Yeah, I think they can do that. I think what you have to do is be able to show them how did you get to that result, right? right? And you, you constantly show them how did you get to that result, how did you get to that result, whether it's by play, whether that's by series, whether it's by quarter, whether it's by half, whether it's by a game. You constantly show them how they got that and how they can improve. It's not just, hey, we did this because this week's opponent's completely different than last week's opponent. 
Our game plan is completely different than it was last week. So there's all these new challenges. Everybody wants to carry things over. Uh, look at Washington State. They had new challenges right, right. that week. Washington, new challenges. Right. Um, you can look at all the teams that lost that weren't supposed to lose. There was different challenges and different circumstances that came up in that game that everybody can learn to or, or learn from as you continue to go into your next ones. We have a, a Twitter question from Phil. He said, did you come into the year having a, a set a number on wins and losses in your mind? And how concerned uh, are you about bowl eligibility? Does that have a factor in terms of whether it's recruiting, in terms of its image, in terms of whatever that brings? No, we'll be exactly what we're supposed to be, you know, and that's what I, that's what I, I to go into the year. I didn't have a set wins in my mind. The result wasn't my focus. Year five, the result won't be my focus. It wasn't my focus at Western Michigan when we built this, when we built that thing. It right. wasn't that. We're going to focus on how we can get better every single day. Uh, in terms of the bowls and the recruits, you know, this year has nothing to do with the recruits coming in here. Nothing. Now, if this was year five, that'd be different. This is year, this is year zero, right? So with, with, with the 2018 class, that's why we need them to get here, right? In terms of that's what they look at. That's what they see. They see opportunity. They see challenge. Those are the type of people we're going to recruit. We're not going to recruit the type of people who say, I don't want that challenge. They're probably not committed to us, or they're probably not coming. They know, and they know exactly before the season even happened, what our challenges were, what kind of year it was going to be. They felt that, right? And they were aware of that at different times. So, um, again, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in all that. You'd love to be able to go to a bowl game, but if us not going to a bowl game means we have to be win a championship down the road, then that's what that means. Uh, we're going to take one game at a time. We're going to get better. We're going to change our best. We got better today than we were yesterday, and that's all we're going to focus on. And you can uh Continue to communicate with your recruits for next year, right? I mean, during this process. So we talk to them every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. go through the whole process with us. They've been to multiple games. They've watched it. They see it. They see a lot of opportunity. Um, they see the challenges, and they understand that. Speaking of which, and, and, and I don't know what the rules are in terms of, uh, I know there are times when you can attend a game and when you can't attend a game and, and uh, when you can do that. It, it, Minnesota creates a little bit different week this week with the MEA or whatever they call it now. Uh, no, the games are, called MEA. Basically, the, the games are a Wednesday night. Does that give you a better chance maybe for coaches to get out and watch or uh, as opposed to a Friday the night before a game? Will you guys be out watching any games tomorrow or is it uh, all hands on deck for the uh, preparation no, for it's, Illinois? It's all hands on deck unless it comes in a Friday type game. So, yeah, we won't be out a lot of those games we, we're game planning and, and uh, focusing on our football team gotcha. all right do you get some sleep <laughs> getting enough are you yeah we're getting enough don't worry about that yeah we're getting enough <laughs> we got a lot of work to do what, what, what honestly what is a night's sleep a good night's sleep for pj fleck people always ask me i get enough sleep for how i can find for me to be able to function i get plenty of sleep there's studies, these new studies, you have to get quality sleep, PJ. That's I do get quality sleep. I, okay. When I hit the pillow, I'm already in our Are REM you, sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a trick. It is. I, 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 I don't. You're not a. a I'm a go, 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 okay. go, go. And when I stop, you can even ask Heather, if I stop, I'm out. Okay. You're not on your devices late at night. You're not exposed to a lot of light at night. You're supposed to get away from that stuff at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I saw the studies on CBS. I'm guilty of it. I know that. <laughs> You're supposed to be off the electronics at, after 10 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah, no. We, we've got a lot of work to do, including okay. past 10 o'clock. Uh, so. I'd like to know your trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you sleep at the office ever? Uh, no, I refuse to do that. I used to do that uh, year one at Western Michigan. Uh, I did that, and... Um, you know, that took a toll. It took a toll on everything in my life. Uh, that just wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for our staff. Our, our staff did that. Uh, I refused to do that. And uh, 
I refuse for our staff to do that as well. Yeah, in fact, we got about 30 seconds. There are times where you actually have told your staff, hey, go home, right? I mean, absolutely. there's a time where you need to be away from the building. Right? Absolutely. There's only so much you can do, right? There's only so much you can do. So uh, you don't want to get to a point of uh, diminishing returns. Very good. Thank you. We'll talk to you on Saturday. I appreciate it. Row the boat, Scotty Ma. Go Gophers. Thanks. Thanks, PJ. ESPN's Neil Everett here.